It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building as we are moving our way through our last month of podcasts in 2021. Laura, I cannot believe, um, I can't believe it's coming. 2022 is coming. Came fast. Man alive. We're in the series this month called Not Left Out. It's it's fun. It's taking the story of Christmas that uh, we've read. Most of us have read our whole lives. And every time you invite the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to what is he speaking to your heart, there's something fresh that comes. And this month, this whole series called Not Left Out came out of our quiet times where the Lord started opening our eyes to the concept that Jesus understands what it feels like to be left out and what a comfort we shared about what a comfort that is for those of us. I think all of us have felt left out at some point in our lives. Last week, we talked about the irony in this Christmas story where there was a very in crowd that actually was out of the loop on the fact that the Messiah was born. And then there was the very out crowd, the shepherds who were included in by the father himself you know, that the Messiah was born. So today on this third podcast, Laura, I I think you would agree with this as we've, you know, shared offline. I think this is the most important message that we could ever possibly deliver this whole year of all the podcasts we've done. And, And the theme of today is that Jesus came so that nobody has to be left out. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And this, it is the most important message that we could deliver. And I also love, Deb, that this is going to be uh, airing right before Christmas. This is, this is the moment that marks the holiday that we're celebrating. The reason why we celebrate Christmas is because of this moment. Jesus came, so no one has to be left out. This is the crucial uh, foundational part that we really need to understand and come to a, uh, an understanding as we go into this holiday, it just makes the holiday, uh, I don't know, so much more significant, you know, when you get down to the root. So as we yep. look at this theme today uh, and think about not being left out, we can't we can't really jump into the Christmas story and into this truth that Jesus came so no one has to be left out without going back to the beginning and seeing that, you know, what does it mean that we can be left out? And if we start off, when we go back to the beginning, of course, even just hearing that phrase takes us right back to the Garden of Eden, right? In the beginning, Genesis 1-1, God's original design, God's design for his people is that they would be in perfect communion with him at all times. You know, you think about the Garden of Eden, and when we read the story in the Bible, there was no sin in creation. God walked with his people, and he talked with his people, but he also gave his creation, he gave Adam and Eve, he gave people free will and, and choice. And Adam and Eve, we know the story in Genesis 3, uh, Adam and Eve made the choice to disobey what God had clearly stated to them in the beginning about what they were to do. He gave them clear instruction. It was his desire that they would stay with those instructions, that there would be no sin in creation. And yet Adam and Eve chose to go against God's uh, instruction. They chose to go into sin. And because of the sin of Adam and Eve, what happened in the Garden of Eden, every human being that has been born ever since that time was born into what the Bible calls a sinful nature. That means we are all 
born into sin. That means if sin separates us from God, if it's what separated Adam and Eve in the garden from God, then that means each of us is born separated or going back to our our title this month, each of us is born being left out of a relationship with our creator. And the sinful nature, you know, if we just do it on our own, if we're left to our own, if we stay with the sinful nature and we don't, uh, what we're going to see in this story, if we don't come into a relationship with Jesus, we're going to find out that it will keep us out of an eternal relationship and it will lead us to a place of death. It's not God's heart, Deb, Mm -hmm. that he be separated from his people. God loves his people. He loved them from the moment, right? Before the foundations of the earth, knowing that he was creating a people. He loves us and it is not his heart that we be left out of an eternal relationship with him. You know, and knowing his heart and know and him knowing all things that we were going to end up with that sinful nature because of our choice in that Garden of Eden, he had already a plan. He already had a design on how to restore that relationship back to himself. So I think it's important to work our way through what the word of God says, um, because that, that is the foundation of, of all truth. That's what we want to look at. How in the world, if we started off with all this sin, how do we get to a place where we're able to have um, an invitation from our creator back into a relationship? relationship again. Let's see what he says. In Romans 3.23, it lays it real clearly, all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. And, you know, when you look at what words mean, all actually translates as all, like hmm. everybody, not not just the mean people, right? It's even the nicest, sweetest people that you know. All people have lived a, have lived a life where there's sin someplace in their lives. And You say, well, what exactly is sin? Because I think I've met so many people with different opinions of what's right and wrong. It needs to go back to what the word of God says. And and sin is anything that sets itself up to live independently from God saying, I'm not going to follow your your rules. I'm not going to live according to your boundaries. Uh, It's things where uh, love in a relationship with other people and our love with God is violated. Um, and that, and, and in a nutshell, that's what sin does. It's living independently from God. And we missing the mark, the mark of holiness. It's, I like to, when I used to teach kids, I was like, it's like having a perfectly white shirt that you're going to wear for the rest of your life and not get any stain mm. or any blemish on it. And they're like, well, that's impossible. I'm like, exactly. Mm. So our mm. lives are like that white shirt. We We're going to get stuff on it, whether it's intentional or not, right? Or somebody else throws things on us. I mean, it's it's not, we missed the mark of a clean shirt where God never missed the mark. He never, he never missed the mark. And God in the flesh, Emmanuel, Jesus, he lived on this earth 33 years and never missed the mark, never had any sin. Jesus, um, Jesus was clear too about what sin is. It's not just your actions or your inaction. Jesus describes sin as a condition of your heart, Mm. you know, so you may look like you're okay on the outside, but we all know that you can look okay on the outside, but inside you Mm. may have some really rotten thoughts going on. And Jesus went right there. If you think it, Mm. you feel it Mm. right. That's, that's really, that's still sin right there. 
Absolutely. And if, if we look at your definition of sin, which is according to the Bible, and we go back to Genesis 3, and we find out that we're all born with this sin nature, then the conclusion is that everybody is a sinner. And everybody being a sinner, that means everybody being a sinner separates us from having a relationship with God. On one side, we have a holy, righteous, perfect God. And then on the other side, we have his creation who are born with hearts full of a sinful nature. And we there's a gap. There's a gap. There's a holy, righteous God. The Bible says, you know, God cannot, right? A holy God cannot uh, be in the same place as sin. And then on the other side, we've got us. We're born into sin and it separates us. You can kind of picture this gap between us, the holy God and the, the sinner, all of us. And so we come to this place where we say, like, we need a solution because we are living apart from a relationship with God. And so we need a solution. The amazing thing about the word of God is that it has a solution for everything, but this is the critical solution. Without this solution, we wouldn't have the other solutions. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his own love toward us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so what does that look like? You've got the holy, righteous God on one side, and you've got us in our sin on the other side. And while we were still in our sin, Christ came to be that solution. You know, we were unlovable and he loved us. Mm. And we were hopeless and he died to give us hope. We couldn't, there was nothing we can do. The Bible says over and over again, we could not save ourselves. He could save us. And he was willing to save us, which is which is just key here. Not only was he the only one who could be the the sacrifice for our sin, not only was he the only one that could offer the forgiveness of our sins, but the only one who could do it was also willing to do it. And that is the real key there, too. He was perfect. He could. He loves us. He's willing. If it wasn't for God sending his perfect, willing son to deal with our sin— then we would not be saved from the penalty of sin. We would still have no opportunity to not be left out. You might be asking the question, what is this penalty of sin? Like, what does the Bible have to say about that? Well, Romans 6, 23, it's very clear for the wages, the penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's like a court system, right? You get, you get, uh, arrested for something, you get a violation, a ticket for something that you've done wrong. You have to go stand in a court of law with a judge. And there is a defined punishment that you need to pay for that ticket uh, for, you know, for that violation. Well, for us, the violation is our sin. And there is a day that we will stand before God and have to give account for our sin. And it's the Bible says, look, the payment the payment for what we did that was sinful is death. It's not just a physical death that separate, you know, that ends our lives. It's a, and it's a, a spiritual death where it's being separated from God, not just here, but forever for eternity. So when we breathe our last breath at the end of our lives, if we have not had our sin paid for that penalty paid for, then eternity for us is going to be in hell not in the presence of God. And a lot of people are just kind of hoping that, that they live the good life 
at the end of their lives and they stand before that judge, right? God, the judge that if he's going to show mercy on them because they were nice and helped that person across the street, you know, or gave to that nonprofit, that's not going to satisfy the payment. It's got to be uh, a perfect sacrifice, death on a cross. And Jesus was the only one that could um, achieve that. He was the only one that never missed that mark. So he willingly came to take that punishment upon himself on the cross. We have to admit that we are sinners. I mean, that takes a big right there. A lot of people Mm, make a lot of excuses mm -hmm. for things. We have to admit it. And we also have to admit that I can't follow God's laws all the time faithfully, Mm. that we're going to be condemned in in his court for our sin and that the punishment is death. But, you know, that's that's a hard place to get people to uh, own up to that. Right, Deb. And so for years, generations, actually, ever since uh, mankind was kicked out of the garden, we have been trying, attempting to clean up our own act in order to be found acceptable to God. Adam and Eve, right on down to the New Testament days that we're talking about as we look at the Christmas story, people were constantly trying to clean up their own act in order to be found acceptable before God. You can kind of think, I look at it as this picture of, of a scale, right? Uh, uh, two scales. And there's one side where you want to put your good deeds and the other side where sadly we see our bad deeds. And when we have this mentality that we're trying to clean up our act on our own in order for God to find us acceptable, in order for God to allow us into heaven or have a relationship with him, we just start doing, doing, doing things. So our scale of good things is heavier and outweighs our scale of bad things. And that's exhausting because even in that mindset, we never know if we have done enough to outweigh the bad. Because who's the judge, right? And so when we come at it from a mentality like that, we just are exhausted. There's no way that we can clean up our own act, no matter how many things we put on the good side of the scale. You know, throughout the years, and, and I know that some of us have done this, ourselves included, right, before we came to that relationship with Jesus. Church attendance, maybe giving an offering, honoring your parents, uh, whatever it might look like, helping people who need help, making sure you don't say words that are not acceptable. All of these things, we try to keep that uh, good side of the scale heavier. But the Bible makes it clear that no matter what we do, it's it's never going to be enough. In fact, Isaiah uh, says in, in chapter 64, 6, that all of us have become like one who is unclean. And I love you really stood out with that word all, right, earlier. <laughs> All of us who have have become like one who is unclean, all of us, and all of our righteous acts, that means all of the good things that we try to do in order to be pleasing to God, they're all like filthy rags, and that does not sound very pleasing to anyone. You know, doing those righteous acts, that's not a bad thing. It's just that people are expecting that that is enough to have a relationship with God. And this, we're talking about something totally different here. Those righteous acts don't take care of the sin issue, but but God's pleased with the things that you're doing. It's just, that's not what's going to get you into a relationship with him. Exactly. And so I love the fact that we have a holy God on one side, we have sinful man on the other side. 
uh, and the gap in between. And what I love about that story is the gap didn't stay gapped. I don't even know if that's a word, Debbie, but it didn't stay (laughs) void, right? Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, came to earth and he was the only one who could bridge the gap. And so he came to bridge the gap to walk this life perfectly that we can't walk perfectly to live this life on earth you know in the same situations that we live and yet doing it without sin and he gave himself as an offering he became the substitute and because of that bridge god and man have a way to be reconciled again we can have a relationship with god not because of what we do but because of what he did in order to bring god and man back together again i think that is part of the amazingness of this christmas story i mean his sole purpose jesus's sole purpose of heaven to earth fully god fully man was so that he would be that perfect sacrifice he came to he was born really to die Right to die in our place um, on the cross to satisfy that penalty for our sin, so that you and I, so all of us, would have the opportunity to have our sins fully forgiven, so that we could then cross that bridge and have that relationship with a perfect Creator, a sovereign God. I mean, He came so that we would not have to be left out. But it doesn't stop there, Laura. It's not enough that Jesus came, that He lived, that He died, that He rose again. That's all amazing, but at that, if we stop there, then we're really not sharing the good news, right? Of why Jesus came. It says in Romans 8 1, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. What does that in Christ mean? It means that you have not just believed all these truths about why Jesus came, but you've placed your faith in him believing that he died for you and he rose again from the dead. It's there's a next step in the process beyond just believing. Absolutely. John 1 12 is a great place to start for this. The Bible says as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Now there's really two parts to stepping into this relationship with the Lord. And this, this passage shows it so beautifully First, we have to believe in his name. And so we have to believe that, A, Jesus is God. He is God's perfect son. Jesus is God. Not only is he the perfect son, he's the perfect sacrifice. He's the only one who could go to the cross as the substitute for our sins. That is because he is without sin. And so he could go and be that substitutionary lamb on our behalf so that we could have our sins forgiven. We know the story. He died on the cross. He was buried in the in the tomb and he rose again. We have to believe the entirety of the story that Jesus is God. He's the perfect sacrificer on our sins. He died on the cross and he rose from the dead. So there's a belief to it. But the second part is the receiving. It says, as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. So we have to believe and receive. And this word receive in the Greek is is such a special, special word. It's actually lambano, L-A-M-B-A-N-O. And the word lambano means to embrace to oneself. 
And I know we can all kind of picture this embracing, uh, to embrace to yourself, like pulling someone in to give them a hug. So we have to believe, but it's not just enough to believe. We have to receive it. We have to embrace it. We need to act on what we believe. We need to act on this gift of forgiveness and embrace a relationship with the one who came to be the substitute for our sins. If you continue on in Romans 10, 9, it, it gives you some further direction that if you confess with your mouth, to confess means to admit and like speak up with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's like, uh, it's like this is the season of gift giving, right? And somebody hands you a gift or said, here it is, right? That's like dangling in front of you. You need to lumbano, you need to receive it and not just hold it. Like you want to open it and embrace it and rejoice in what, what's mm. inside. That's like an, that's an amazing thought. You look at the Christmas story. He, Jesus came to satisfy that debt that we had for our sin. And he turns around and he offers us this Christmas bag. And inside it says, if you receive this, this, what I've done for you, and you confess me as your Lord and Savior, you are receiving a gift of, of uh, forgiveness. You've, you're receiving a gift of a relationship, but you have to actually take it for yourself, open it, and apply it. Amen. We have been given an invitation, Debbie, and as many invitations as we may get in this season, like what a tremendous invitation this is. You're getting in this invitation a personal relationship with the one who created you. In this invitation, you are becoming part of the family of God. And in this invitation, you have a place in heaven after you breathe your last breath. It is the greatest invitation ever extended to any one of us. And it's been extended to all. Jesus came so that no one needs to be left out. This invitation is for everyone. No one needs to be left out. You know what the tragedy is though, Laura, is that so many are going to find themselves left out when they've breathed their last breath and they stand before God one day and they may have, they may have even been involved in the church their whole lives, but they're going to stand there and God is not going to see their lives forgiven. Their lives still have all that sin in it and they're they're shocked. Mm. Like they're just shocked. How I thought, you know, I believed all these things. I, I received that invitation and the father's going to look at him and go, but you never accepted it. You never received it. You never confessed it and acted on it. You never embraced me as your savior. And I think what, you know, what might some of the excuses be while they were too busy or too distracted, even doing spiritual things, religious things, right? I was too busy, too distracted. I was too focused on other things. It's almost like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there's all the gifts that are around the tree and, and you kind of get shoved in different places or you had a gift that you were going to hide and bring it out the last minute. And it's third week in January, you open a closet and there's a gift, mm. right? Now the gift was still given, but it was never truly received. Mm. And at that point, it's too late. Mm. Right. The gift moment has been too, is too late. There are folks that are going to, they're going to believe all this to be true and then go, I'm going to deal with this in the new year. Mm. Uh, you know, or I don't, as long as I, 
own this gift. Mm. I don't, if I see it, I believe it's there. It's on the counter. I'll get to it later. We don't have later promised to us. Mm. And so when we breathe our last breath, which we don't know when that's going to be, that's the moment where it's too late to go back and open that present. Mm. You know, so he's saying, look, it's in front of you right now. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Mm. If you have heard all this that we've been talking about and you're believing it, then don't put the gift that he offers you that invitation on the counter mm. say i'm going to open it i'm going to take this for myself i'm going to confess jesus uh, is the son of god and that he died on the cross for my sin don't stop there mm. go and you, you go and you ask him to come and live inside of your life to be your savior to be your lord and you make a decision from this from here on out I'm going to be living with you as my father and I'm in the family of God. You just don't leave it on the counter. Mm -mm. As we wrap up, Deb, I just can't, uh, I can't stop thinking about that. This could be the greatest gift uh, that we receive this year. If we're listening to this episode and we haven't believed and received, if we haven't embraced Jesus to ourselves, what a, what a way to go out of 2021 uh, with the greatest gift that we could possibly uh, receive in this season. What a joy it would be um, if you haven't had that opportunity to pray and receive the gift that God has for you, to receive it today, to receive it now. You know, we're going to pray in a minute and just pray with you and for you and also ask you that if you haven't prayed this prayer before and you'd like to uh, take part receive this gift that God has for you and be a part of the family of God. You could pray along with us and receive it for the very first time. That would be the greatest Christmas gift you could ever receive. And on the flip side, if you are somebody who has already made this commitment to the Lord, uh, sharing this episode with other people, sharing this message with the people, take notes and, 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 you know, share it with a friend. You're extending the greatest gift that anybody else could receive. So Let's let's uh let's just pray together and and wrap it up. The invitation is here. God has put an invitation before us in the word of God. And just like Deb was sharing a couple of minutes ago, really the question is, you know, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to receive it or are you going to put it back in the closet or on the shelf and wait for another day? So let's pray and um we're just going to have this opportunity to receive that gift that God is extending to us. You know, it's his desire that none of us is left out. So let's pray. And you're welcome to uh, pray after me if you are praying this prayer for the, the first time and you want to become part of the family of God. Dear Lord, I thank you that you have made a way that I will not be left out. And so I recognize that I was born into a sinful nature and I don't want to stay separated from God anymore. I don't want to stay separated from you anymore. And so I believe that Jesus is the perfect son of God. And I believe that his death on the cross covered all of my sins and I believe that you died on a cross you were buried in a tomb 
and that you rose again on the third day. And I'm asking you to save me from my sin because of what you have done. And now I receive it, God. I am embracing the gift that you have given me. And I'm asking you to be Lord of my life. So thank you for this day where I am now part of the family of God. And I am so grateful for the gift that you've given and that I am not left out. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you've just prayed that prayer with us today, it's a day of celebration. The invitation was extended to you. Mm-hmm. You you didn't just open it up. You checked the box. I'm going, right? Evite, I'm going. So today is a day of celebration for you. It's and just if, the beginning. It's just the beginning of that relationship. That's right. That's right. It's going to just continue from here. And then what do we want to do? Any Anytime we're invited to something, right? We want to bring our friends and family along with us so we can extend this invitation to other people. God is so good. This is the perfect way to enter into this Christmas season. The greatest gift of all given by the greatest gift giver of all. Mm-hmm. So as we close out this episode today, we're just so grateful for the gift that God has given to us. Um, in salvation. We're grateful for the fact that you are brothers and sisters uh, with us in in eternity. And we just want to wish you a blessed, blessed Christmas as we celebrate the greatest gift that God has given to us, wrapped up in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger so that we could have the gift of salvation. Uh, Join us after the holidays, after Christmas. Uh, We're going to have a very, very special interview with a very dear friend of all of ours, Eunice Lai, uh, as we hear her story about being left out. I know you'll be encouraged. So please join us then. Merry Christmas to you from all of us here at Beyond. God bless you, and we will see you after the holiday. We believe that God will use what we share to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.